to Living in Love 24-7, the podcast. It's your girl Sparkle and your girl Casey. What's up, everybody? This is just an amazing topic we have for you guys today. You know that October is Mental Health, Domestic Violence, and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we are having a conversation surrounding all of that, just to discuss it all. But before we do that, let's just start with some highlights surrounding all of these topics. Okay, y'all, let's get into it. Also keep in mind, because we are discussing three different topics on one episode, it's not going to be as meaty because we can talk about these all individually on their own (laughs) podcast. Exactly. So we got to kind of compact it a little bit. Let's get to these facts. So first, I'm going to talk about domestic violence, then go into breast cancer and round it out with some facts surrounding mental health. So for domestic violence, one in six men and one in four women will be a victim of domestic abuse in their lifetime. I'm going to repeat that again. One in six men and one in four women will be a victim of domestic abuse in their lifetime. Also, one in three teens, for those of you that have teens and are in relationships, please have this conversation with them. One in three teens experience violence while dating. So for breast cancer, let's talk about that. Most commonly, it affects women over the age of 40. I actually read a stat that said 41 plus, but I'm just saying women over the age of 40. So if you are 40, please start getting your exams. And we're going to talk more about that as well. Also, one in eight women will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of their lifetime. And that is about approximately 13% of women. So for our mental health facts, one in five adults experience mental illnesses. I think it may be a little higher than one in five because we all have life. We all go through things. But for research purposes, it states that one in five adults experience mental illnesses. And suicide is the second leading cause of death for people ages 10 to 34 When I saw the age 10, my first thought was, wow, you got to be That's the same thing I thought when I saw that. I'm so serious. Like, that's crazy. And it's sad. It's really sad. It is. I recently saw on the news the other day here in Texas, a, a kid went and shot a few students at his school. What happened with that story, what they did not say the mom went to the school 10 plus times to tell them these kids are bullying my son. They didn't do anything about it. It didn't alert the parents. Nothing was done. The boy was robbed. Oh my God. It it was, it was crazy. It was just so many acts against this kid. That kid said, I'm over it. I'm tired. We've tried everything. We've tried the right way. Nothing was resolved. So he went and and luckily these people, they they did not pass away. No one was killed. Thank God. The mom stated that I'm not excusing that behavior. I'm not excusing what happened. What I'm saying is we really tried to make steps to prevent something from happening. She also said, which kind of surprised me, but I had to think about it. 
she said, I'm surprised he didn't kill himself. Oh, man. And that, she's right. <laughs> because if you've had enough and you're over it, you snapped and you've done that, it's no telling how, how much further you would go, you know? There have been so many kids, especially, I would say, even eight, because I've seen eight-year-olds that have killed themselves because of abuse by other kids, violence from other kids, bullying, and never feeling they're going to be enough and something is constantly wrong with them. So seeing that 10, it was like, wow, but it's not surprising. It's really sad. So we definitely have to have more conversations around this. I know we don't like to mention these words to our kids, suicide, killing yourself. Are you having thoughts of not wanting to be here anymore? and all those things, but it's still definitely important to have those conversations because they, they're going to get those words from somewhere else. Exactly. And the influences of school and TV and all of this right now, trust me, these kids are learning so much more than we think. And yes. that's why you have to be involved in their lives, involved with understanding them, questioning them, getting to the point of, you know, hey, what are you doing with, y'all with your friends? Have those fun crazy conversations that even may be uncomfortable to you as a parent, but that's getting to know them more and understanding where their mind is because you just never know what the world is actually telling them or teaching them and showing them that's right or wrong or whatever the case may be. Exactly. Exactly. So let's kind of dive deep a little bit about this. Talk about your experience with either of the things that I spoke of, whether it's you or someone, you know, which one of those really kind of hit home for you the most? To be honest, I, I'm very grateful that I I have never experienced any of the domestic violence. I have not had any, you know, issues with breast cancer or no one in my immediate family um, has, has dealt with any of those things. Suicide, none of that. I'm so grateful, so blessed. And I'm thanking God that that has not been the situation. But I have lost a parent to cancerous brain tumor. So I know that's very different, but I think we definitely need to be aware of just taking care of yourself, period, because cancer is just a big thing regardless, right? Whether it's breast cancer, brain cancer, whatever the case may be. So for me, I haven't experienced either of these specifically, but I know that it is devastating and I know that it could be just I know people who have dealt with it. It's a devastating situation and I couldn't even imagine it. But for me personally, I have not. I'm just grateful that I don't even have a conversation to divulge about that because it is that would be very, very sad and very unfortunate, you know, because it was unfortunate to lose my mom to a brain tumor. So I definitely could understand dealing with something like this. Yeah. You know what? As you were talking, I had to get my pen and I started writing down just people that I know have been affected in these areas. And as you were saying, luckily I'm blessed to not have gone through this. I can say the same thing. I have not experienced breast cancer personally. I have not experienced domestic violence personally, but when I started writing, I'm just, my heart started beating really fast because I was thinking about everyone I know that's very close to me that fit into all these categories. Wow. Speaking of this domestic abuse, my grandmother, and I told you earlier that my grandmother, she was abused by her first husband. Soon as it happened, it happened one time and she left him. 
my mom has been through abuse. Her sister has been through abuse. My sister has been through abuse. One of my brothers has been through abuse. I can probably name about 10 cousins, male and female, that have been survivors of domestic violence. So as you were talking, I'm just writing and writing names. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's an eye-opener, right? Think about right. that, yeah. Yeah, people are really and, dealing with this stuff. And I, I'm so blessed that I have never been in a situation where I have experienced domestic abuse or domestic violence personally. But I know firsthand what it looks like from other people and actually working with people from coaching and therapy I've seen it so much. So when I even look at the numbers and I see one in four women, if you put me in a house with about five of the people that I just named, I'm probably the only one who hasn't experienced it. Wow. So you know, I sometimes believe numbers can be flawed. Yeah, I totally believe that. I totally believe that. And and as now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at the the stats that you put out and when I, I looked at, again, the one in three teens experienced violence while dating, I thought back, actually, when I was in high school, even though I don't know if I would consider it domestic violence, but you know what? If somebody put their hands on you, it's abuse. It's domestic yeah. violence, I guess. And I am not would nowhere near excuse it or downplay it now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, we were into like a little tiff about something. And he was irritated and frustrated with me or got mad at me or whatever the case may be, and then actually grabbed me around the neck and choked me. And thinking about that, like I said, you know what, we're kids and we think, oh, it's cute, it's fine, he loved me, but he did this and, and pushed me down or punched me or whatever. It's not cute. And and honestly, thinking back to it, it wasn't cute then. I was actually scared, but I, I, was, I felt a little tough in myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of I had some backlash to it. Um, towards him, but it was still considered an act of violence. You put your hand around somebody's neck. That's not acceptable, period. So we, as parents, absolutely, like you say, should talk to our kids because I didn't never tell my parents that, you know, and, and right. I, now that I'm thinking about it, that could have been something that my father would have snapped and bring that guy's neck, Ooh. you know? Oh so it's, we need to tell our kids it's not fun and games. It's not cute to think that, oh, you can let your boyfriend or girlfriend vice versa put their hands on you if they're mad or you guys are fighting like it's never acceptable and it should never be allowed in a relationship when you are young people or older people it doesn't matter we do need to have those kind of conversations because I think about that and I'm like dang I never told nobody that happened but uh, he probably thought it was cool to do that you know and and who knows how how he grew up and went on to do that to somebody else I don't know but is definitely not acceptable. And that was my only experience when I thought back about that, of dealing with somebody in a relationship that actually did put his hands on me in a way. So, And, you know, abuse and violence shows up in different ways. It's not always the black eye. It's not always choking. Sometimes it's just aggressive, controlling behaviors. Mm, come on, come on. Girl, sometimes it's just the verbal abuse, you know? That's yeah. not cool either. Not cool. Somebody trying to da- uh, minimize you or talk small, make you feel small or make you feel less than yourself or make you feel like you're not worth anything. It, that's not acceptable. And it's, it's abuse. Yes. Some people have been in fear 
of their own lives and have not even been physically touched by their partner. That's deep. Because of the fear that they've placed in them. And just starting off with just the small things, control, why are you on your phone at 10 o'clock? Who is that calling you? Where are you wearing that to? Where are you going? What time are you coming back? Call it when you get there. Those things, it kind of starts off cute in the beginning. Oh, right. he just wants to know what I'm doing and wants to keep up. And then it comes into why you're 10 minutes late. And so it starts showing up very early on and we don't really notice it because we are not taught the patterns. We're not taught what control looks like. And then it turns into abusive behavior and then it aggresses, you know, from there. I'm so happy we're having this conversation because this is even making me think, girl, to talk to my son about, you know, about these things, period. But do you know how when we when we're not having these things at the forefront of our brain because we haven't experienced it, we we totally. Yes not have we won't have the conversations because we don't think about it because it never happened to us right it does not mean that it cannot show up in your children's lives so mm -hmm. you have to educate them regardless think about all the things that's happening in this world and all the conversations you can have with them to prepare them for this life and this life could include them encountering somebody that has mental health issues or that is violent in a relationship you have to prepare them for that and they need to be able to understand that it's not acceptable and you need to walk away from that immediately right instead of going down a road and getting caught up and then now you are feeling trapped or feeling like there's no way out you can educate your children even if this is not happening to you and so I'm so happy we're having this conversation because I have a son and I'm thinking about the conversations now that I need to have with him based on these topics that we're having and I'm just so grateful for it because I definitely didn't have this at the forefront of my brain to even have these kind of conversations with him, but it is so important. Oh my goodness, yes. I was looking at this post last night on Instagram from this very popular celebrity group. And one of the things I saw, it was a picture and it was one guy choking the other guy. And it said, if your man never did this to you, he don't love you. And they posted it as it was supposed to be, I guess, this fun thing. Your man should choke you. I actually commented. I don't comment in a lot of places, but I commented that as it's being a woman-owned platform, a Black woman-owned platform, and we're posting pictures about choking and making light of it, especially in a month. It was yesterday was Mental Health Awareness Day also domestic violence month and you're saying that if you're not being treated like this if you're not being choked by your spouse or your partner then that's not love people are going to see that and they're going to believe it not exactly. everyone is mentally tough some people may see that and say oh well he does love me he's just playing mm, it's not <laughs> so not we all. definitely have to have these conversations starting early on with our kids in regards to what's okay, what's not okay. I want to say let's lighten it up, but it's not really lighten it I up. Know. <laughs> <laughs> like how can we lighten this up? It's not really a way to lighten up, I guess, this conversation specifically. But I want to kind of go back to just the first question I asked, which one kind of hits home for you, even though I did highlight the domestic violence, even the breast cancer, and like I said, the mental health affected me heavily too. My grandmother passed away last year from breast cancer. She actually battled it for about 11 years. 
So it was a long time, a long battle for her, times where life was really high and she beat it. So we thought and it came back and it got aggressive. So I know firsthand what that looks like. The blessing in that is we knew what was coming. We had time to prepare. We had time to spend time. So it wasn't a sudden thing for us. That's the blessing in it, I can see, but it's devastating nonetheless. And one thing I learned from her is just really being strong. And also, it's okay to not be strong. It's okay to cry in front of your family and say, I'm scared or I don't know what to do or have conversations around family planning. We don't like to have those conversations either. So... I definitely learned during that time the importance of having conversations with your family around planning what's going to happen when I'm not here. How would I like things to be handled? We had those conversations so much that a part of me, a part of me was hurt by it, but a part of me was like, I need this so I can know how to have these conversations with my husband about what I would like, what I need from you, how to celebrate me after so it definitely taught me a lot about planning but also enjoying those moments taking time to enjoy those moments and as women we need to really take care of our health I am blessed that she was here for 11 years after because she caught it so early on because she was very routine about her appointments we let life pass by so fast because we're constantly doing things and working and working and working and we put that appointment off. So that even taught me to just stay regular, stay committed to yourself and your health and keep up with those things. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I'm, I'm, I'm just listening to you and it's, I'm, I'm so happy you sharing your experiences and, you know, the, the family that have dealt with these things because some people have, they don't know what it looks like. They don't know what to expect. They don't know, um, you know, just the devastation these type of things cause, you know, to family, to individuals, period. And I was even thinking about mental health and mental illness, mental illness, even though a person is not diagnosed with mental illness, even though you don't know, um, how, how should I say it? So even if they're not diagnosed, right, it does not right. mean that they're not suffering from some type of mental illness. And I'll tell Ooh. you, I, I was actually thinking while you were talking too as well, I have, I have seen and encountered somebody that I believe has a mental illness, but they have not been diagnosed with a mental illness because I see them and I think about, now this is just not normal. Some of the things they may do yes. or say, I think about like, this is just, this doesn't make sense. Like for this person to be saying these things or acting this way or thinking this way, it does not make sense. There's something that's off here. Something is wrong. Something is not clicking right. And an adult person would not be doing these things or saying these things. So it does not, they don't have to be diagnosed with it for you to recognize that something mentally is off or something mentally is wrong. And even if, they're not trying to get help for it. Be mindful and be aware of these yeah. things because mental health issues, they can, they can impact your life if you're dealing with somebody that has those type of conditions. So you kind of want to be aware of what's happening there so that you can say, you know what, I, I need to either 
maybe advocate for them or maybe remove myself because I don't know where this is going and what kind of impact my involvement with this person is going to have on my life. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yes. I had a cousin. I told y'all, look, I have, I have some stories. I have a cousin, very close cousin committed suicide about 15 years ago. I may be a little off with the time, maybe, maybe less but approximately 15 years ago, the way that that person killed themselves, my family really thought it was someone else because we often suffer in silence. So when you see that person, I just saw that person and they were great. I saw them, they were in a good mood. We laughed, we talked. I tell my husband all the time, or I've told him plenty of times before, and I tell people this a lot. Depression to me is one of the scariest things because you really don't know when someone is depressed because we still have to get up and cook. We still have to get up and go to work. Depression, when it comes, your boss don't care that you're depressed. Your kids don't care that you're depressed. They still have to eat. Your bills, your house don't care that you're depressed. You still have to make a living so you can provide. And people who are depressed often don't want to be a burden because they feel they're a burden on other people when they say, hey, I'm going through things. Life is hard. Today, I don't want to be here because the majority of people I know have experienced those days before. doesn't necessarily mean on this day because it's rough, I want to kill myself, but I didn't have anybody to talk to because I felt that I was going to be judged or I felt that I would be a burden. So when my my cousin did that, when he killed himself, the family were for a long time in disbelief. Like, not him. Like, he couldn't have done that because he suffered in silence for so long. And also, he was undiagnosed. He was an adult male. He's undiagnosed. But when you look at it and look at the patterns, you can see why he would have been depressed because of a lot of things that he was going through. But sometimes we sweep, oh, it's a bad day under the rug. You're in a bad season. We sweep it under the rug. Oh, you're going to get through it. You're going to bounce back versus asking, hey, how can I help you? Hey, how do you feel? Do you need anything from me? And we don't like the label of depression. Everybody's been depressed. I, I know as you as you were saying it, I actually was thinking about as I was saying how you it, just because you're not diagnosed with it doesn't mean you're not dealing with it or doesn't mean that the other person is not necessarily dealing with it. I was thinking about how I know I have been in a rut several times and yeah. have been like feeling just bummed out like this sucks, whatever I may have been going through, or it was just a tough time or a tough season in my life. I know that I probably could now say that I probably probably was depressed from that because you don't necessarily want to be bothered with people. You don't necessarily, you're not necessarily in a great mood. You're not your normal self. You're feeling down and out because you're so consumed with the thought of how you're going to fix whatever you're dealing with. Yeah, You're just in a place and you could, that could equate to depression. And I'm going to tell you how I know, me know myself, how I battle those moods a lot of times is I do often talk myself up. I am a big, (laughs) 
like I talk myself up so much literally on everything all the time I'm like come on sparkle get it together come on let's do this let's do that let's step out let's go do some some retail therapy let's go do this <laughs> you know go get yourself cute go do this go do I, I talk myself a girl no you good you are yeah. not going to be defeated by this you are not going to be oh my God. this person like I do that so much yeah. So I feel like for me personally, I, I can pull myself out of those things. And I thank God because I feel like I have been blessed with some strength that I know I, I have not met people who have that type of strength, who've been able to be such self-aware that they can help themselves through those type of things. I've never been medicated for being depressed. I've never been medicated for pretty much anything when it comes to mental issues or none of that stuff. So I'm, I'm grateful and I'm blessed, but you can help yourself yeah, if you... If you recognize something is just off with yourself, if you recognize that you're, you're going through something and break, wait a minute, I'm getting caught in the cycle of just thinking about this thing over and over and over and just it's taking me down further and further and further. You got to stop that cycle right then and there. Stop giving that thing life. Stop giving that thing energy. Stop talking about it and say, you know what? I'm going to pull myself through this, get it together and come on out of that thing. You can do that. You can if you recognize it and acknowledge it and be real with yourself about it. You know, I want to give the listeners a quick little therapy tip, something that I actually told a client the other day that I used to do quite a bit in therapy. It's called narrative therapy. I'm not going to talk really about what narrative therapy is, but one of the concepts is giving a name to things. So I may not say depression, and it's so to recognize it and also say that's not who you are. It's something that's here or something you're going through, but we're two separate things. So you're really separating you from your problem. So for example, you're going through depression, let's say call it Dorian. Okay. So Dorian shows up today and I have done this and I have clients that have done this. Dorian showing up today. Hey, Dorian, I know that you're here and you know what? It's okay, but you're not going to be here too long. I got stuff to do. <laughs> I love whatever, that. Whatever it may be. I've had people do it with anxiety. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it works. It works because when you say I'm depressed, I'm depressed, or I'm anxious, I'm anxious, you're really giving life to this thing. And I know people that, that have suffered from clinical depression, that's going through it. People that have generational trauma, I understand that. But one of the key concepts are key things I just like to tell people to use, no matter where you are in that state, give it a name because that's that thing. That's not you. And you can come out of it. You can work through it. But separate that from who you are so you're not giving into it. I so love that. Oh my God. Like I so <laughs> love that. I am so serious. Like that That's is like amazing. 10 years of school y'all. Right. <laughs> no, I love it. So it, and it works. I have done that. Anxiety shows up. Let's call that thing a name. And I have said, girl, I know you're here. It, it's all good, but we're not going to, we're not going to hang around too long today. Okay. Come back tomorrow. I've literally told people to, Hey, tell anxiety to come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. We're not going to work through it. We're not going to stress today. We have stuff to do. I want to have a great day. I know that you're here, but please leave. And that thing, it takes, it takes practice, of course. 
Some people may hear like, girl, you're crazy. But I'm telling you, it it works. Just keep doing it. Keep pushing. Don't allow it to live inside of you and consume you. I love it. I love it. This has been so amazing. I'm so happy we having this conversation because like I said, yeah. man, it's an opportunity for us to just gain some, some, some gems to be able to help ourselves and to be able to help our kids and help people that we know in our, in our lives, and our friends yeah. and things like that. So let's go ahead and get right into these practical applications. So first and foremost, breast cancer awareness month, please do your self exams. Please make your appointments. They're so necessary. I'm, I'm telling you, like I said, with my grandmother, she lived for 11 years. She caught it really early. So please make sure you're taking care of yourself. Nothing matters more than you. You need to be here. Catching that early on can really, you know, reduce it. Domestic violence. If you are going through something, you have a friend that's going through something. When I would work with um, people that were going through domestic violence, I would always say, talk to a friend, maybe even create like a code over the phone, a code word so they can know what to do. Because if you're in that situation, you probably can't do anything because your partner's right there. Talk to your friend. Here's a code word so you can know, make sure to make this phone call for me or call the police for me. Also, the domestic violence hotline, 1-800-799-SAFE. So please find a way to find a way to push through because you are a survivor. You are a survivor. Lastly, if you are feeling suicidal, if you're having a mental health break, period, seek help, call somebody, seek therapy, talk to your spouse, call your friend. And I am that friend. I tell everybody to call me. And guess what? I will call their behind too. Because friends are not just there for when life is great. Don't feel you're a burden. So please call somebody. Also, 1-800-273-8255 is the suicide prevention hotline. And you can also text the crisis hotline by texting HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. Those are the practical applications, y'all. Love it. This is Living in Love 24-7, the podcast. Y'all, go follow Coach Casey so you can get therapy, get help, get these gems, get tools. Go follow yeah. Living in Love. We love y'all, and until next time. Peace.